welcome to the Prism of Torah podcast archive with your host, Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This podcast features a Devatara called Pashas Vayechi, working on the negative. Shalom. In this week's Parsha, Parshas Vayechi, at a certain point, Yaakov Avinu gathers all the sons, they're all standing around his bed, and he gives them blessings and also a bit of criticism before he moves on to the next world and he passes away. I want to share with you uh, a Dvar Torah that I saw brought down by Rav Eliyahu Lapian in his book Lev Eliyahu. And it's a fascinating piece that I want to share with you. It's not; it's a bit of a, a difficult piece, but I'll, I'll try to simplify it as much as I can. And I'll try to portray the main idea that comes out from it. So, as I usually try to do, I'll bring some questions and answer it with this fundamental concept that comes out. So, the first question is, when Yaakov Avinu has all the sons around him, he goes one by one, and at the beginning, he goes and talks to Uven, and he says to him, Bishut, in the merit that you were the firstborn, you had a special holiness to you, Kedushat to you, and hence you deserved to get also the, the Kehuna, and also the Melucha, which is the kingship. And that is hinted in the following words when he says to him, you are my firstborn, and he says, Yeter se'et ve'yeter oz. And look at Rashi over there, you'll see how he explains that each one, one relates to Kehuna and one relates to kingship. However, he then goes on to say, and this is the criticism, Pachaz kamaim al totar, ke'alita mishkavei avicha. Which means... Because he was, he acted haste like water, and as a result, he did the following action, which was that he moved his father's bed, Yaakov Avinu's bed, into his mother's tent, Leah, because he cared for her honor that Yaakov will be with her. So you see from here that because he acted like water, meaning he acted on impulse, on emotions, straight away, without thinking enough, and he... And as a result, he did this action, which was his sin. And as a result of the sin, he got this a very severe punishment that he didn't deserve any more the keuna and the kingship, and it was moved to someone else. So the question Rav Lapian poses is, first of all, why is it such a big punishment? And second of all, if you look carefully, it seems to be that the main reason for the punishment is because of this inner reflex that he had, impulse, that he acted on emotions without thinking, because it says, Pachaz kamaim al total. And it seems like that is the reason. Why didn't he just say, because you did the action, that was the sin. Because you did the maisa, the action of moving Yaakov Avinu's bed, my bed, without consulting with me, without anything. Why Why doesn't the Pasuk just say, why didn't Yaakov Avinu say that is the reasoning for the sin? That's number one. Number two, why is the sin so severe? Similar questions can be asked in on the next part. The next person, people that Yaakov Avinu talks to are Shimon and Levi. Over there it says, which means they stole tools and used them for weapons to kill a whole city. And it says, and as a result, they got the punishment of being spread and separated from each other. 
everyone was spread out. But it says over there, it should have said, because they killed, why what was the action that they deserved to get the punishment? Because they killed with weapons. But it doesn't say that. It says, Ki halgu ish, which means, for in their rage they killed. So it seems like it's their rage, their cast, their anger, that because of that they got the sin. But it should have been, just tell us, because they killed. Why is it? Because with the rage they killed. With their rage, with their anger. Says He says, you see from here the fundamental concept that when a person, these severe punishments, it's not, so to speak, on the action of the sin. Because everyone here and there sins. That's normal. Even a, a, a righteous person sins once in a while. As it says, Which means even a tzaddik, it's imp- very rare, almost impossible to find a tzaddik, a uh, righteous person that will never sin. We're on this world, we have nisyonot, and a lot of people, say, everyone sins here and there. But over here, the severity of the issue was that they had, everyone gets a default setting of a certain type of, of certain midot, inner negative traits, negative characteristics that he has to work on, which is a lifetime journey and a lifetime of work, to try to sedate them. Meaning, just like one has to work on having good midot, good character traits, one also has to work on uprooting the negative ones. And the fact that Ruven, on his level, did not, yes, he did, he did not uproot on his level this midah of working on impulse. He had strong emotions towards his mother and he wanted to fight for her honor, but he did, did it on impulse, on reaction. And he didn't work before on uprooting that from his heart. If he would have uprooted that inner char- negative character trait, then he wouldn't have had that reaction. And on that comes the punishment. And that is exactly why Yaakov Avinu talks and he says, and what HaKodesh saw what Hashem is really saying, he said, it's because you were acting like, haste like the water, you were working on impulse, and you had that within you, it's like a loaded gun, that at any point in time it can come out, and that's why you're getting such a big punishment. Same is true with Shimon and Levi. Ki guish. They had this inner trait of anger, and also on a certain level working on impulse, on that anger, instead of consulting with their father Yaakov Avinu. And on that, they got such a big, such a big uh, punishment, because they did have a good excuse on why they did it. But still, the fact that they did it straight away, without consulting with Yaakov, that is why they got such a harsh punishment. With their anger, they killed. With this, we can answer another question. It is known from several Midrashei Chazal that Reuven did tshuva on his sin. So if he did tshuva, why didn't he deserve to still continue and have the kuna and also the kingship? Why was it taken away from him? So with this we can answer with the mashal of the Chafetz Chaim. The parable the Chafetz Chaim brings down is that yes, tshuva can click clean you and cleanse you. So when you put a dirty shirt in the in the washing machine, it comes out clean again and the stains are gone. So too, if you do tshuva on the sin, the sin is gone. But it can't put new buttons on your shirt. And these inner traits, 
negative character traits, let's say the Reuven has, the Pachas Kamaim, they worked on, worked on impulse, that the washing machine can, can't give back the buttons. Also that, that type of chuva on the sin, yes, there was full chuva on the sin, but he didn't work on himself in a positive sense to uproot that negative trait. And hence, it's not even, some, it's not from one perspective, it's not a punishment, it's just that he ne- never did tshuva on that level to get rid of that inner trait. And as a result, it's not fitting for someone that, that, is in, that will have kehuna and kingship if he has that inner negative trait. Which means that it comes out of here, that his initial status, he had those negative traits, Hashem gave it to him, and he got those presents of kehuna and kingship. But that was based on the condition that will, he will be able to uproot those negative traits. Avelial Lapian brings a, a, a marshal for this whole idea about that the severity of the punishment or the severity of the sin are the actions that led it to come into fruition, which, is, which are the negative traits that are rooted, rooted in a person because he didn't work on himself enough to uproot them. He says that once two people forged money, and one person was caught, they found one million dollars in his bag, and indeed, he received the punishment of 15, five years in jail. But the other person, they didn't find even one dollar bill in his bag, and yet he got, not five years, but 15 years in jail. Everyone was asking, what, what's going on? So the judge explained that the person that got 15 years, although we didn't find money in his bag, but we, find, we found the machine that forges the money. And he says that's way worse. Why? Because it's like the loaded gun we discussed, that he had that, that mechanism of being able to do it again and again at any point in time. So too, a person that doesn't work on his negative midas, he has that potential. He goes on further to explain, it's like someone that's, that's totally drunk. At any point in time, when the Nisayon comes his way, he might fall again. And that is why it's so severe, because a person has to work on it to uproot it and neutralize it. We'll just end with this idea that even if a person never brings that inner trait, negative, negative inner trait into fruition, but still it's a problem because after 120 years, when the person comes up to Hashem, to Shamayim, to Kisa Kavod, he, he can't come with that heart that has in it this inner negative trait. Which means HaKadosh Bulhu, in Aramaic it means HaKadosh Bulhu wants our hearts. He wants our hearts to be clean and to be as close as we can to Hashem and have, have all the midot about the good character traits and not put the negative ones. And perhaps this is why we daven three times a day, What is tshuva shlema? And every day, three times a day, it's not only on the sins, it's more than that. We want our heart, our heart to be totally cleansed and only with good character traits. I'm going to send on a different file a story that shows this idea how, how a person uprooted the automatic reflex he had of anger. And I just want to end and say, Yiratzonda will be Zoiche, which is a lifetime of work. It's known to change a character trait is not easy. But Yiratzonda will have the koichois, the, the energy, and, and will continue to always grow by also in, in the dimension of uprooting our negative traits. Good job, So the story goes as follows. A true story that happened a couple of years ago. There was a family with several kids. Some were about to get married, or at that age at least, in Shiduchim. And the father worked a lot in the past several years on one specific topic that he was 
working on a book that he wanted to publish. And there was a person that sponsored his book. And that day, he gave him all the money that was required. I don't know the amount that we're speaking about, but he gave him the big amount of money, and he hid it in one of his farm in his bookshelf. Which, by the way, I don't know if you're, one's allowed to put money in your books, but that was the said that's what happened. Bracket that. So, continuing in the story, the next morning, suddenly, the wife gets an abrupt call from one of her kids that she thinks she broke her leg and she should come with her to the ambulance to go to the hospital. So, the, the mother had to suddenly leave the house and she didn't have time to think. So, she just wrote a note. I had to go out. I put the key in one of the doors outside over here. They had some sort of closet outside that she put it there. And when the husband get, got home, he suddenly realized that the door was totally open. He went in, he saw the note on the door, and he realized that it was probably robbed, and indeed he was right. Everything was all over the place in the house, because the robbers obviously looked for all kinds of things they could they, they were looking for. And the first thing he did is run into the Sfarim bookshelf and look in the book where he hid the money. And he couldn't find it. And he was in shock. And his inner voice said to him, This is crazy. How did she do this? How did she write a note to everyone to see that the key is in so-and-so? But then he said, No, that's not let's on Hashem. Hashem's will is that I don't get angry. This is the Nisayon I have. I should be happy. I should say that everything's Mishamayim. And so, indeed, when the kids got home, he said, Come, we have to dance, we have to sing, we have to be happy. Because we have a Nisayan from Hashem, Hashem is testing us out, and we have to be happy. And indeed, that's what they did. They put the music full blast, and they started singing and thanking Hashem for the Nisayon. The neighbors heard such music, and they knew they had uh, kids that were at the age of getting married, so they thought... Maybe they, they made a shirach, they came down, they got all excited for them. Well, what, someone's getting married? They said, no. So why are you dancing? So they said, we had a big nisayon and Baal Hashem. We, there was a burglary over here and a lot of money was taken, but we're happy because Hashem is testing us out and Baal Hashem, we're, we're very thankful for that. So they were the neighbors were very impressed, but okay. The next morning, one of his neighbors goes to the Bulsa, which is in Israel the place where they trade diamonds and precious stones. And the minag was, the tradition was that every morning, every time they start a new meeting, someone else says an interesting story. So the neighbor of this uh, person that wrote the book starts the meeting by saying exactly the story we just said. And then they started the business. So one of the people over there around the table came up to this neighbor and said to him, "Listen, I'm so amazed about what you're telling me, and I want to have I want to have a part of this, and I want to sponsor the book. So tell me exactly how much money wasn't found, was robbed, and I'll pay. I'll write a check to, to for that amount right now. And indeed, he wrote the check. The check was delivered to the person that wrote the book, and he published the book, and everything was great. A couple months later, Pesach was around the corner." And they started cleaning their house for Pesach. And lo and behold, when he's cleaning the bookshelf, out of one of the books, because some people are annoyed to even the books they want to use on Pesach, they have to go through every page. So lo and behold, he found the envelope with the money. He couldn't believe it. He probably made a mistake and thought he put it in a certain book, but he put it in a different book. 
he straight away called the person from the Busa that gave him the money and he called him up and he said listen I found the money so you can have all your money back I'm going to give it to my neighbor to give back to you and he said no you don't I want to have a part of your family of what happened here it was a huge Kiddush Hashem and I want to have a part of it so why did I Dafka decide to give you the story because you see that even though he worked on himself on on not getting upset. Of course Hashem doesn't want us to get upset. And you see that it's pretty pretty unbelievable how he was able to straight away not allow his instinct to get the best of him and get upset. So easy to get upset. How can my wife do such a thing? It's so foolish. But no, a person should never think like that. The person themselves maybe that made the mistake should think twice. Next time maybe I should think before I act. But the person that's on the receiving end for him, everyone's a messenger from Hashem. Everyone's a shaliach. And the person should always view it that way. And Emir Hashem will always be able to view it like this. And by that, we'll never get upset. And we'll always realize that everything's coming from Hashem. And it's all and only for our, our favor. Yiratzon, that we'll be able to, to sing and dance during all phases of life, just like this person did. Good job. This is the Prism of Torah podcast. Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. Please share with your friends and family. Prismoftorah.com is where you can find the full archive of Divrei Torah. You can contact us through the website. Once again, Prismoftorah.com. This podcast was produced for free by Ellie Podcast Production. Lunishmas, Leibach, Yonah, Yaakov Alexander, Ben Mordechai Doiv, Yisrael Isaac, Ben Moshe.